Well, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for stopping by. Really means a lot to have you on board. You're at the Five Forks. I'm your host. My name is Barry. Here at the Five Forks, we discuss topics of interest for the newly retired, those about to retire, and some topics for those that might have been retired for some time. I hope that these things that we discuss will be informative and entertaining, and I hope you check in each week to see what's new. So come along for the ride. Let's get started. Here's today's episode. Hello, folks. Thank you for checking in with me today, and I really appreciate all of you, and thank you for helping me make this little hobby grow. It truly means a lot to me that so many of you are taking the time each week to listen to the new episodes as they come out. Last week, I gave you some information and ways to make sure that your retirement is a success. You know, success is defined differently by each one of us, and this is a very personal thing, and only you are going to be able to define your success. But failure, on the other hand, it's, it's pretty universal. It's much easier to see. We feel it, and we understand when things are going bad, and that's especially true in retirement. So today, uh, let's take a look at a few items that could actually wreck your retirement, if you're not careful. Some of them are self-inflicted. Others, though, could be no fault of our own. But no matter which one hits us, we can mitigate the impact of some of the so-called retirement pitfalls with a little bit of planning. Now, failure to plan That sounds crazy, really, you know, failing to prepare for your retirement. You know it's coming for a long time. But failure to plan is the number one reason we can fail in retirement. You know, when I was a young man, I really didn't give retirement much thought. Retirement age was so far out into the distance that the mentality that I had was, you know, I have plenty of time. I'll worry about that later. A lot of us fall into that category. I know that during my young work life, uh, I had jobs that the employers didn't have a 401k or any way of um, allowing us to put money aside or put money into a, a matching savings plan of any sort. I didn't make a lot of money, and I really didn't have much to set aside, so I don't know if I would have participated or not. At least I didn't think I did. You know, when you're a young person, you're young couples or whatever, you're trying to raise a family, and you're often in a situation where it just looks like there's no way that we're going to be able to save. But without doing so, you're going to set yourself up for failure when the retirement day does come around. And I was reading an article the other day on retirement statistics in a blog by a company called Legal Jobs, legaljobs.io. And they said that in, as of 2023, there is over one-third of Americans that don't believe they'll ever be able to retire. That's pretty sad, don't you think? And to top that off, you know, the retirement age has increased by three years for both men and women since the 1990s. We're just working longer. It went from 62 to 65 for men and from 59 to 62 for women. And it's tough to retire if you don't have any savings or if you don't start planning early. And, and you know, 
that's the reason a lot of people have anxiety and don't think they're ever going to be able to retire because they just didn't, they didn't put aside anything for retirement and they failed to plan. And like I said, that's the number one reason people will fail in retirement. That same article said that in today's world, 77% of working Americans now have access to a 401k plan. Now, while not everybody's taking advantage of that, it's still the number one tool for retirement savings. And if you have an opportunity with your work, you should take advantage of it. 60% of Americans still think that Social Security will be their only source of income once they retire because they never had any savings. If you're not retired yet, you know, you, you still have time to start putting aside something for your future. And I try to counsel young people whenever I get a chance that it, it just put a, back the bare minimum. If it's just 1% or 2%, the power of compound interest is real. And even a small amount is going to go a long way during your career. Now, I'm not saying any of this to be judgmental to anybody that has little or no retirement savings. And I'm no financial advisor, and I certainly, I'm certainly i not giving out financial re- advice or retirement advice. I'm just pointing out the number one reason people fail in retirement, the number one reason they have less than ideal retirement life is because they have no financial plan. The second category that causes people to fail in retirement is carrying debt into retirement. That's not ideal. As we move closer to retirement, we should be doing everything possible to get out from under monthly payments and try to cut back what our monthly expenses are going to be. You know, debt robs us of significant uh, resources that could be used to travel, build an emergency fund, or in general, just keep us from it keeps us from doing things that we enjoy because we're burdened with those monthly payments. In the same article that I referenced above, one of the most concerning statistics that I've ever seen was that baby boomers still have almost two hundred thousand dollars in mortgage debt and another twenty five thousand dollars of non mortgage debt in retirement. I don't know about you, but to me, that's just not something that I could ever recommend for retirees. I could always just, folks, unless you have a tremendous amount of savings and investment nest egg that's large, or if you have substantial income coming in during your retirement, debt's going to seek your retirement. It's another example of failure to plan. It's just common sense to me. I believe you must be debt-free or you risk wrecking your retirement. The third thing, and this is one that almost every retiree has a, once they make one of these purchases that I'm going to talk about, to me they're stupid purchases, but in a recent AARP article, the writers pointed out that several purchases are items that retirees always regret. And maybe stupid is not the right word, but it's certainly, I don't think, wise to make some of these choices. And these aren't the only ones, but they're very common. And they include, let's see, number one is boats. 
And it might be at the top of your list when you're thinking about retirement. There's no denying the fund that boat ownership provides. And I've had several in my lifetime, and it's, it's truly a fun experience. You know, it might be a sailboat that you'll use to travel to some exotic place, which that, that'd be cool. I'd love to do that. But it could be a simple boat just to carry the grandkids out on the lake on the weekends. Whatever the reason, uh, that purchase that was initially going to provide you with so much joy quickly becomes something that's tying you down. And most often when you have a boat, you've got to have a place to store it. And most neighborhoods, if you have any kind of an HOA, are, are going to have restric- uh, restrictions and they're not going to have a, a boat sitting in your driveway or out behind your house. They're going to force you to, to move it. So you're going to have to have the expense of storage. And most of the time, it's just not going to be a smart purchase unless you live on the lake where you have got a dock. And it's readily available, and you're going to use it almost every day, and you don't have that storage expense. And plus, you're going to have insurance and maintenance costs, and not to mention the fuel to get out on the water. So I've heard it said many times, the two best days of boat ownership, the day you buy it and the day you sell it. And that's not real far from the truth. Another regret for many retirees and something that could significantly impact or hurt your retirement is resort living. Now, many retirees that can't wait to sell out from their existing home and you know get rid of a lot of furnishings and take off to live in a resort community. And, and there's some good reasons for doing it. You know, many resort-style resort co- communities have almost unlimited amenities. And you've always got pre-planned events and nice restaurants. You have elegant dining, and a lot of times you're going to have gardening and housekeeping services that you no longer will have to do. You have almost a nonstop lifestyle of activity and socialization. But what is so much fun in the beginning starts to become less desirable as we age and began to look for a more sedate or relaxed lifestyle. It was said that what is a great vacation spot is not always the nicest place to live every day, and the hustle and bustle that was initially inviting can start to drag on you, and it's going to become less and less desirable. Another regretful purchase is an RV. Now, this is one that a lot of us dream of, and I've I, I've had RVs, I've had uh, motorhome, I've had pull behind trailers, uh, camper trailers, and buying an RV and touring the country with our spouse and, and our kids or grandkids or whatever, man, that's it is a great dream, and you know you've got all the comforts of home and you're taking it with you, you have no concern for lodging and where you might be able to stay the night, you can always pull over at a truck stop or find a a Walmart along your route and park there for the night. Walmart encourages people to park in their in their parking lot overnight because most of the time when you're there you're gonna you're gonna restock and replenish your supplies. And if that's something you're going to do uh, for a couple of months though and, and not be on the road constantly, you might be better off just to rent because 
man, RV maintenance is not cheap. And you're going to have a lot of maintenance. And as with a boat, you're most likely going to have some storage and uh, fuel. In today's environment with the price of fuel, it's, it's going to be big chunks of cash each month. So, you know, you might want to think hard about that RV purchase. A lot of people regret it after they've done it. Another regret is dream houses. That's another one that people often underestimate is something that could wreck your retirement. You know, what starts out as a downsized home in a retirement community or maybe a community on at the coast or in the mountains or wherever you want it to be uh, can be begin to be a money pit. You know, it's all well and good if you have plenty of cash and and you want to do so, or if you have actually made provisions for that during your retirement planning and, and you knew all along you were going to do it. But what happens a lot of times is people, after they get retired, they haven't really planned for it, but then they decide that that's what they want to do. Yeah, we'll move out of this house. We've been here 25 years. Let's build our dream home. And that, that's great, but... Um, you know, in this time of inflation, building supplies are going up, and you know you you can start out with the base plan, but the base plan is usually not not going to be where we end up. And you can have a a little upgrade here, maybe another one there, and suddenly you got yourself into uh, more than you'd ever planned for. And the idealistic dream of your dream home starts to become another retirement regret. Another one is buying a timeshare. Now, I know we've all been approached to take a a weekend to some desirable locale with that small requirement that once you're there for just maybe an hour, you'll have to take this little tour that we've got planned for you. That sounds harmless. Most of the time it is. But... Yeah, you know, once you got got out and you're checking out the area and you're starting to get really involved in it, here comes the, the high-pressure sales pitch. And it's easy to see their point, and it's often easy to get into this guaranteed vacation. And you're going to share it with your friends or your family. But along with that initial investment, there's going to be ongoing maintenance, utility, taxes, and before you know it, oops, I've done it again. You're over budget. Because most of the stories that I've heard are, and once you get in, you've got a regime fee that you're paying every month, and you're not staying there every month. You've got a week or two weeks or whatever it is out of the year that you get to stay at that particular spot, but you're still paying the the maintenance and regime fees on it, and most of the time, that's going to continue to increase over time. A timeshare is just going to be a hole that you throw money into, and most purchasers regret ever doing that. Now, I like nice cars. I've had some. I've had several nice cars in my life, and some might even be considered fancy, Uh, most all of them were probably not practical. But while each one gave me a lot of joy for 
a while, it's not something that's advisable in retirement. Call it a midlife crisis if you want to, but many folks retired immediately purchase some type of fancy car. And maybe it's a convertible or something luxurious or whatever, but that thing's depreciating in value the minute you sign the paperwork and drive it off the lot, man. It's never going to be worth the same thing it was that you paid for it. And most of the time, once you've dented your cash flow and you're risk, you're risking wrecking your retirement if you have any kind of debt on that purchase, but most of the time it's not practical and you end up selling it and going back to, to something else. So most people re- regret doing it, even though it's for a short period of time. Now, while these purchases that I've just mentioned might not be stupid, they're just not in line with a stress-free retirement, and sometimes they cause regret and maybe some friction and maybe some marital problems. But they definitely are going to distract from a sound financial plan in retirement unless you plan for this from the day you started saving. You said, my retirement's going to be, you know, X number of years. And by the time that's done, this, 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 I'm going to purchase all these items. And you've, you've made provisions for it. Most of us don't. It just doesn't happen that way. So if you've got plenty of cash laying around, go for it. But it's just not a thing that most of us should be doing. Another thing that can really hurt you in retirement is living above your means. Another surefire way to wreck your retirement is spending without a plan and underestimating what your monthly expenses are. Realistically, uh, you have to plan, you have to budget, and you know your detailed budget needs to cover all the items, insurance, taxes, utilities, food, and hopefully a little entertainment uh, thrown in there. And you're going to have to adjust it you know, for inflation. And I'm going to say it again, I'm not a financial advisor, and I'm not giving you financial advice, but without a roadmap, you cannot get where you need to be or where you want to be. Not only do you need to have a sound budget, but you need to continue to plan and adjust as you go through your retirement and revise that budget accordingly so that you can live within your means and stay within that framework that you have. Another big item that can really hurt you in retirement is failure to plan for unforeseen expenses and not having an adequate emergency fund. Now, that'll quickly wreck your retirement. A a rule of thumb's always been to have approximately three to six months of expenses in the emergency fund, but honestly, that might not be enough in today's inflationary environment. There are multiple items that can hit you with no warning and cause you to dip into your retirement savings long before you're ever ready to start taking withdrawals. You know, medical emergencies are a big one and can, a lot of times, they're just quite unexpected. You could have an accident, there could be an illness, any kind of unexpected surgery. These are all medical emergencies that can wipe out an inadequate emergency fund. Home repairs, that's that's a major one, and you need to plan well in advance for expensive items such as a new roof or a new HVAC unit. <clears throat> now, I faced this firsthand recently. I got out of bed on Thanksgiving morning, and I walked out into the hallway, and something didn't seem quite right. 
I thought, man, I think I got a problem here. So I checked the thermostat. It was set to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, but the inside temperature was, I don't know, in the mid 60s somewhere. So after going through a troubleshooting process and checking all the obvious issues that could have caused that furnace to shut off, I realized it was above my head and I was going to have to call somebody. Couldn't get them out that day, so that was a cold night. Next day, I did get somebody out there. And um, what happened was he he went under the house, and he stayed under there. It seemed like an eternity. When he finally came out, he says, well, I got some bad news for you. Didn't expect any good news, really. But the inducer motor in my 18-year-old furnace had broken a shaft, so that that motor wasn't readily available. They still make them. They were available, but it wasn't going to be cheap, and it was going to take a while to get. And as we went through the different scenarios, you know, it's got an 18-year-old furnace, and if you replace the inducer motor, you still got something else probably that's going to go wrong down the road. So I made the decision to replace the furnace. Now, that that's not a cheap item. And so after a few cold days in the house, I got it replaced. But if I had not had an emergency fund that was sufficient to cover the cost, it it could have been catastrophic. And car repairs can be equally as bad. It depends, I guess, on the brand of automobile that you drive. But some of the more expensive brands, I'm not going to call any names. You can probably figure out which ones they are, but... Man, some of those repairs could be just as expensive as buying that new furnace that I had to do. So if, you, if you're if you not covered uh, with an emergency fund when these things come up, uh, it, it can wreck you. It can really hurt your retirement and cause a lot of stress. And, that, you know, right, right now I'm, I'm into having low stress. I hope you are too. Now, today's episode wasn't meant to bum you out. It it wasn't meant to be negative. It's just that I'm trying to remind all of us, myself included, that we got to be on our toes during retirement. It's the best time of our life, and each day should be a joy, and it can be an exciting journey, but we still got to plan and navigate the pitfalls of life. It can be a lot harder to recover from a mistake or an unexpected expense in retirement. So be vigilant, prepare, and when possible, get ahead on some of those maintenance items. Take care of your health and try not to get into anything that's too risky. And in doing so, you'll be prepared to enjoy these, what I guess we should call our golden years. Well, that does it for today. Thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave me a comment. Let me know how I'm doing. Like, subscribe, and follow so you'll know when a new episode is available. And share this with your friends. And if you like the content, you can always buy me a coffee. That link's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash at the five. Once again, you've been listening at the five forks. And until next time, when faced with a fork in the road, take it.